Are you ready? Welcome to another episode of the Around the CFL podcast. Anthony here with you today once again. And I want to thank all of our listeners from six countries now that have been listening to our podcast. Canada, the USA, Mexico, Germany, United Kingdom, and France. Welcome all of you. And in the United States, we have 11 states now that have been joining our program. New York, California, Washington, Colorado, New Hampshire, New Mexico, Arizona, Tennessee, Alabama, Michigan, and Texas. So thank you very much for listening in, and thanks for joining the show. And without further ado, we're going to get to our special guest, Hamilton Tiger Cats backup quarterback, Matthew Schiltz. Today's guest has been in the CFL since 2017, where he first started with the Montreal Alouettes. He has played alongside such quarterbacks as Darian Durant, a very brief Johnny Manziel experience, and Trevor Harris. This season, he will be playing alongside the recently acquired Bo Levi Mitchell. It's Hamilton Tiger Cats quarterback, Matt Schiltz. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks. I appreciate you having me on. Thank you. So you're from Illinois, right? And you played NCAA with Butler University in Indiana. What was your path to the CFL? Uh, so I grew up just outside of Chicago uh, in the West suburbs. And, uh, you know, that's where I played my high school football and uh, ended up going to Butler University right outside of Indianapolis and redshirted my freshman year and um, didn't really play a lot. You know, my, my freshman, sophomore year, after my red shirt and actually switched over to defensive back uh, my red shirt sophomore year, uh, just a way to get on the field, play special teams, just kind of do whatever I could to, uh, to get a taste of the action. And then uh, went back to quarterback in spring ball, won the job in spring and uh, played my junior year. Uh, unfortunately got injured halfway through the season. So that kind of put a damper on that whole, you know, scouting process that junior year and having a decent year. Our team was, was playing pretty well, but uh um, was able to rehab and come back and start again my my final season my final season excuse me my senior season and uh, you know we had a decent year and um, you know had a couple NFL workouts a couple CFL workouts but uh, you know I ended up not getting not getting signed or not getting picked up anywhere so I had to go into uh, public accounting Ernst and Young so Big Four you know I studied accounting accounting and uh, management information systems at school so um, I actually got a call about six months in out of my gig for my agent. And uh, he said, you know, Matt, Montreal's interested in you. Like they want to, they want to talk to you and talk to you about bringing you up to, uh, or I guess down to, to Florida for mini camp was back in the day when we were doing mini camps and everything. And, uh, and, you know, just go down see what you can do. And then they invite you to training camp and get to training camp and try and make the roster. So I actually already had my two weeks uh, put in with Ernst and Young before, before I even uh, got the call from my agent. So I, I think it was just uh, God telling me that I needed to be back around football. So it was, uh, it was a really cool experience. A lot of players never get asked this, but what are the, what's the college experience like and how do players manage the pressure of practices, games, and while still trying to get your education? Yeah, it's a great, it's a great question. And uh, it's something I try and try and talk to with uh, some quarterbacks that I, I trained down here in the off season. Um, you know, I trained middle school and high school kids down here down in Dallas during my off season. And uh, it's a great way to kind of get into that coaching world. I think it's where I want to go, you know, after I'm done playing, but uh, I think you hit it on the head. It's definitely a lot of time management skills that uh, you maybe haven't had to use in high school um, that you're now on your own. You're somewhat 
relying on yourself to, to get everything done. And uh, you need to make sure you put your eggs in the right baskets and dedicate the right around right amount of time to, to each thing that you need to do. So um, I kind of had a unique experience at Butler where it was division one double A, but it was non-scholarship. So, um, you know, there'd be guys that were, you know, working in the off season um, in, in Indianapolis, if they're trying to save up money and, and train over the summer, you know, take summer classes, work, and then still train, do seven on sevens, that sort of thing in the off season. But, uh, you know, when the season rolls around, you know, you got to put your time in, in the classroom, got to put your time in the weight room. Um, what you're doing outside of the facility is just as important. You know, when you're in the dorm, you can't necessarily live the same college lifestyle as, uh, as everybody else, but, uh, you know, you get your moments, uh, you know, in spring ball, summertime, that sort of thing. But, uh, you definitely have to have to have to manage your time. What was your first experience in Montreal like coming from the States to Canada? Yeah, it was it was unreal actually. So it was uh the first time I ever have been to Canada, um, was Montreal and I I knew just from I took a few French classes back in middle school and it always kind of excuse me, like feature Montreal and knowing that it was French speaking, but um I didn't realize that like everything wasn't French. You know, when you get there and there's street signs and menus and everything on the on the sidewalk and people speaking French, it's just like it was culture shock, you know. Like I was never never lived in an environment like that. And honestly, I loved it. Um the first month I was there after, you know, training camp and when I made the team and I got into the city, my cell phone still didn't have any international service or anything. So if I was going out walking around, going to restaurants, trying new places, um, I'd kind of have to screenshot when I was in my room with the Wi-Fi and then screenshot the maps and where I was going to be going. And it was kind of a cool way just to kind of disconnect and really take in, like take in the city and just take in the moment and kind of reflect. So how did you deal with the language barrier portion of it? Um, did it, does the team ever try to assist guys in that kind of an aspect? I mean, a lot mm -hmm. of that's, a, that's something that I've always wondered, like what did the Alouettes yeah. do specifically in a situation like that? Yeah, they, they had a few uh, opportunities, I think, more so during the off season, but on off days and um, things that you could kind of sign up for classes wise to try and get a few language lessons and, and do that sort of thing. But a lot of times if, if you were going to learn, I, I, I felt like the best way for me to learn was just to try and assimilate into it the best I can, speak to some of the guys on the team, um, you know, go out to dinner with some of the guys on the team, kind of pick up phrases here and there. And um, it's kind of, kind of funny because you spend the six months there or whatever during the season and then like me, I, I would go back home and so I wouldn't speak French again for six months. So you kind of have to restart from square one each season. But uh, it was cool. I, I had no uh, no bad experiences up there. So Your first professional start came at the tail end of the 2017 season. How did it feel to get that first start in the CFL? Yeah, it was uh, it was a cool moment. You know, um, obviously, I wish the wish the outcome was a little bit different there. Um, but it was kind of that last game of the season. We wanted to see kind of where we were at heading into the next year. And uh, it was cool to kind of see uh, the culmination of just hard work. And, um, you know, that was a big moment for me. Uh, having my mom there, she was always there for me, uh, you know, supporting me in my football journey. And she was able to come up to Hamilton for that game and, and be there. So it was, a, it was a great time, great experience, and um, definitely left me hungry in the offseason to train for that next year. So um, it was cool. In 2017, there was another little bit of a highlight of sorts. A uh, mutual friend of ours, uh, Nick Lewis, you threw him his last, his final catch of his storied Hall of Fame career. What was it like knowing yeah. that that was the end for Nick? And what was the type of leader that 
he was in the in the locker room yeah at the time you know coming up as a rookie you know I didn't really know a lot about the history of the CFL who the big name players were you know those guys in the locker room and you kind of see um, you know through those first few practices training camps mini camps who guys which guys are kind of the leaders on the team and who guys gravitate towards and you know Nick was always there coaching up guys being a vocal leader and you don't necessarily expect expect it you know from from them and especially at you know wide receiver position you can have some leaders sometimes but you know typically those main quarterback and you know safety linebacker um, kind of those positions but um, just to have Nick in those meeting rooms in the locker room sharing all that knowledge he's such a cerebral guy and, and knows the CFL game knows the NFL game just knows football in general so well um, just to be able to give me lessons as a rookie you know throughout training camp of what kind of works what doesn't work you know you can't just live and die by the big play you got to be really efficient and um, you know when I got in there my first uh, my first little bit and was able to really get some series together against Saskatchewan was when I was able to kind of just rely on him if I was getting in any trouble and, and get it down to him. But, uh, um, you know, we ended up hitting it off pretty well during the year and would hang out outside of, you know, outside of football and just teaching me about just what it means to be a pro and how to carry yourself, how to conduct yourself. And uh, I couldn't have had a better kind of mentor, uh, you know, my rookie year and in that locker room. I know we didn't have a lot of, a lot of success on the field, but, uh, man, that locker room was second to none. With, uh, I guess, the little the lack of success, for lack of a better term, um, there was also always seemed to be a carousel of quarterbacks in Montreal. How did you always stay focused and stay a constant with the Alouettes? Because there was a couple of extensions that you got where a lot of the other guys were in and out the door. Yeah, I think uh, for me, I've always been a big, big believer in just doing the next right thing, um, whether that's in the locker room, on the practice field, at home when no one's looking or out with my family, all, all those situations. It's just how, how can you find a way to become a little bit better, get 1% better every day, and just whatever the right thing to do in that moment is, just do it. And uh, for me, a lot of that time was just hard work and um, not listening to the outside noise and just keep on believing that uh, that I belong there, that I that I can play in the CFL, that I can be a pro, that I can lead a team and, and go get wins for an organization. And um, every time I would get that opportunity, whether it's on the practice field or the game field, I would just tell myself just to play one play at a time, do my job, distribute the football and, and just be a good teammate. So um, that's kind of how I've always carried myself through high school and college and, you know, now into the pros. And um, it's what I'm going to keep on doing long after I'm done playing football. So the backup role is probably one of the toughest roles to have on a football team. What are some of the pressures of being a backup quarterback? Yeah, I mean, you never know when when your number is going to get called. It could get called the first play of the game or the last play of the game. And uh, you got to be a microwave. You know, you got to be ready to go. Um, you know, you can't preheat the oven and get all the ingredients out. You know, you got to pop that thing in, hit one and and get ready to roll. So that's what, uh, you know, we always talked about in, in Hamilton with Dane. And uh, it's uh, I think it's a great analogy because – you have to prepare all week like you're going to be the guy, like you're going to be starting. Um, you have to build that trust with your teammates just as if you're going to be the guy. You have to build that trust with the coaching staff and um, still put in a, a hard week of practice, but you're not going to be able to necessarily maybe play and, uh, you know, kind of reap those rewards of, of the hard week of practice. But uh, just staying engaged in the game and, and uh, doing whatever you can to, to help the team from the sidelines, help whoever's starting, um, and just honestly be another another set of eyes on the sideline to 
to help the team win in whatever way you can. So, As we had just mentioned, uh, you know, you did have a couple of extensions in Montreal, uh, but in 21, they went and they traded for Trevor Harris when it kind of looked like you were going to be the guy and you were going to be the starter. Um, was there any feeling of being slighted at all by Montreal at that time when you're in there and then all of a sudden here comes Trevor Harris? Yeah, you know, I think at the end of the day, you know, football is, uh, I mean, I love football with all my heart. And at the end of the day, teams are going to make, you know, business decisions and, and they're going to have their vision of how they how they see the future going. And, um, you know, in the moment, obviously, I, that was something that I worked for and thought, you know, I was playing pretty decent football and um, finally might be might be an opportunity to, to, to kind of run with to run with an opportunity. Um, but, uh, you know, injuries happen and. You know, obviously they made the trade for Trevor and, you know, I'm still close with Trevor to this day. He's a, he's a great guy, incredible teammate, um, just an incredible person, father, husband. Uh, I have not enough good things to say about him. You know, he's, he's just such a great guy, but uh, um, so I'm glad he was able to find a home, but uh, um, yeah, it was, it was a tough situation, but at the end of the day, I think I, I, I knew what value I could bring to a team um, and, at the end of the day, I think going to free agency and ended up in Hamilton was uh, exactly where God wanted me to be. How uh, how did that move to Hamilton come about? Because like you said, you were going into free agency. What happened? Yeah, you know, I think uh, just talking with my agent and kind of looking at the landscape of the quarterback rooms, uh, you know, the eight other teams, you know, besides Montreal and, and where I could kind of see my best fit um, in coaching staffs and um, locker rooms and um, you know, being in the East, you know, we play each other so often and the coaching staffs kind of get to know you from afar. But uh, just from that first moment, I was able to speak with Coach O and, um, you know, at our GM and um, get to be, get to talk with Tommy and some of our other coaches. It, it just kind of clicked um, that this was going to be a good fit, I think, and preaching a lot of the same things, same values, same ideas on how to run a team and uh, style of offense and play calling and just to be able to learn a lot while still um, getting a great football experience and hopefully get some opportunities along the way. It just seemed like a great fit. You also had a wrist injury, right? Going into Hamilton as a quarterback, how difficult is a wrist injury to overcome? Yeah. Um, so that happened yeah, during this year. Um, and it's tough, especially on the throwing wrist. And that's where you really get that last little bit of spin on the football and really directs your, directs your throws and your accuracy. So um, it was a tough situation because I think it was kind of similar to what happened when I was in Montreal and kind of getting some more playing time and, and then go down with an injury. So it was definitely frustrating from a mental aspect just to be able to know that you're going to have to go in, rehab an injury, work hard again and behind the scenes, you know, not necessarily be able to work hard and then go out and play, but you just have to work hard and keep progressing your body to be able to get back into a situation to where you can then go out and practice and prove to your teammates and coaches that you're ready to go play. So, um, you know, injuries are just as mental as they are physical and um, always just try to stay positive and, and, uh, and just know that uh, every day you get a little bit stronger and a little bit closer to the ultimate goal of, of getting back. But as a quarterback with a wrist, it's uh, definitely tough and you got to make sure that you're doing everything the, the right way to heal it. Definitely. You seemed like you got a lot more opportunities going into Hamilton. I mean, I watched a number of games where either you came in in the game or you were starting or whatever. How was the uh, the first experience when you got to Hamilton? You got over the injury. Um, like you said, the microwave with Dane. How was it all coming together? Yeah, it was great. I loved it there. Um, 
you know, I got my first little bit of the home crowd in preseason and, you know, sure enough, we were playing Montreal. So that was kind of cool um, to play against the old team, <clears throat> excuse me, but the, you know, the fans are amazing too. Uh, they made me feel right at home and, um, you know, reaching out on social media after I got signed and um, it was pretty cool. It was a cool experience. And then uh, just being able to get those opportunities, like you said, whether it was being on the same, being on the field at the same time as Dane with the two quarterback type of plays or some little packages. And then, um, you know, whenever my number was called, I just tried to go in and, and do whatever I could to, move the ball and, and score some points and just build the trust of my teammates and, and, uh, and, and work towards getting a win. So, you know, I love it there. I'm looking forward to going back there and, you know, working with Bo and the rest of the coaching staff and um, build those connections again and, and get this thing moving. You looked great in the Eastern semi when you came in. Um, I know that the outcome wasn't, you know, a fantastic outcome, but um, did it feel good to come in there in a playoff game against Montreal? Yeah, definitely. And like you said, we didn't, uh, we didn't get the ultimate outcome, you know, and um, that, that still sticks with me. Um, you know, you can play good, play bad, do whatever you want. At the end of the day, it's do we win or lose the football game. And, um, you know, we were able, we were unable to do that, but I think being able to get that experience in the playoffs and actually um, get some playing time in the playoffs was big, you know, for, for me personally, just moving forward and, and being able to know that I can, come in and even in that backup role, um, not even preparing that week as, you know, the starter, but preparing that week in the backup role and still being able to come in and, and play decent and, you know, help help move the ball and help move the offense and at least put us in a position to, to try and make a run there. But uh, um, I'm excited to see what see what's in store for this year. And obviously with Hamilton hosting the Great Cup, it's, that's our goal every year. But this year, I think it means a little bit more. So. Yeah, it's going to be really exciting to get that Grey Cup back again, especially after uh, what happened with the last one, you know, was during the coming out of COVID. Hamilton couldn't experience a proper party. So it's going to be fun. After the season this year had ended, um, were the extension discussions right away or was that more of a recent thing? Yeah, it's definitely something that, um, you know, you kind of bring up in those exit interviews and you just kind of have to feel out, you know, each side, the, as a player, you're kind of feeling out where the, where the organization is heading and, and what they're, what they're kind of thinking in terms of you for their future plans. And I'm sure as an organization, they want to be able to put together the the best football team moving forward in, in their plans. So I think it's something that you initially have some either mutual interest, mutual disinterest, and you see how those conversations then play out. And a lot of that is, you know, through my agent and uh, you know, Kenny Kim, he does a great job and, um, you know, he's been, he's been great, especially this off season where, um, you know, you never know what can happen and just looking for, for those different types of opportunities. But, uh, at the end of the day, I think being back in Hamilton is, is the best situation for me. And, um, I'm just, I'm just so blessed, so thankful to, to keep on doing it, you know, year seven, as I'm turning 30, to still be able to play professional football. So. Did you have any thoughts in your head at all of what if in like January when the announcement came that they had traded for the rights for Bo? Mm-hmm. So there's yourself, Bo Levi Mitchell and Dane Evans, technically mm-hmm. all sitting in a quarterback room. Were you right. thinking at all, you know, what if I am the odd man out or what if like, does that kind of stuff cross your mind at that moment in time? Um, you know, I, I don't know. Uh, I, I think obviously we're human and we have those have those thoughts that maybe crossed your mind, but I never let those kind of thoughts kind of direct 
direct my energy or where I'm, where I'm thinking I'm going to be going, you know, I knew it's going to play out exactly how it needed to play out. And at that point it's out of my control. So I can't necessarily sit there and worry about it and, and, uh, and say, well, if I am the odd man out, then I'm going to find one of the eight other teams and hopefully they want to bring me in to give me an opportunity. But, um, if I wasn't going to be the odd man out, then I'm still going and carry myself the same way that I've been carrying myself the last, uh, you know, six years in, in the CFL and just be the best teammate I can be and, and go in and compete and try and elevate, elevate the locker room, elevate the practice field, the quarterback room, and, and just work towards winning. So um, I think at the end of the day, it, it played out exactly how it needed to be. And at the end of the day, it played out that way because of your skill. You are a very skilled quarterback, and here you are, and you did just get your extension, so congratulations. Thank you. I appreciate that a lot. It means a lot. How excited are you now? You know, you brought up Bo earlier. Um, how excited are you to play with a future Hall of Famer in Bo Levi Mitchell? Yeah, I'm, I'm stoked, man. I've been able to talk to him a couple times, and we're already kind of breaking down some plays and just going over – different ways, how we see the football game, how we see the offense, how we see, you know, receivers running routes and just thought processes of, uh, you know, how to move the ball down the field. It's all that good stuff that you talk about in the quarterback room. So it just gets me even more excited to, to finally get to be there in person and, and really work together. And, you know, as quarterbacks, we spend a lot of time in the facility, a lot of time in the meeting rooms and, um, you know, working out and at practice. So um, it's going to be great to be with the future Hall of Famer and, and be able to pick his brain a little bit too. So, um, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. And with Bo, I've worked with Bo before in training camp and like what he talks about in the quarterback room, it's all the time. Like the, the dude doesn't stop, right? It's always yeah. football. It's always trying to get better. Speaking of getting better, Hamilton spent a boatload of money this off season on free agency. How stoked are you with how the team's looking right now? Oh, I'm so excited. Um, obviously going into free agency, uh, you know, you never, you never know how it's going to shake out and you never, I guess you always know that your team's going to look a little bit different than the year before. And, you know, you have friends on the team and some are going to be back, some are going to be gone, but um, just knowing the caliber of players that, you know, I've been seeing that we're getting is, has been, has been pretty cool and, and definitely makes me excited to, to get out there and, you know, get to know James a little bit and Duke, especially those guys on offense and um, just get ready to, to make it happen out, out on the football field. So. Yeah, you've got one of the best quarterbacks coming in with Bo. You had, mm-hmm. what the, I think it was, I think uh, Butler was the second running back in the league next to Kadeem Carey. I mean, you got, but yeah. again, you also got Simone Lawrence on the B side. So, I mean, you guys are looking fantastic. Yeah. What are you most excited for in general for the 23 season getting uh training camp coming up here soon? Oh man, I think just being able to get back and, and playing football at a, at a consistent point and the off season's nice and long. So you know, you get your time away, you get to play golf, see family, do all that. But uh, at the end of the day, just be able to get back into a training camp and, and get to practice and get to build up those relationships with the guys in the locker room and get to know everybody on a more personal level. Um, I think that's a pretty special thing about football. And the thing that I'm going to miss the most when I when I do retire um, is just being in the locker room with those guys and, and uh, getting to know them and uh, just building something special with them. So. Have those, uh, that's the second time you've mentioned, you know, retirement one day. Have you started to kind of pre-plan what you might be doing at the end of the day? Uh, nothing specifically yet. You know, I, I don't know when that time is going to come or I'm going to be, you know, walking away from the game. But I think when I do that, you know, I definitely want to get into coaching, um, whether that's personal, you know, private quarterback coaching lessons or get into the CFL or the NFL game. And, um, 
I just feel that in my heart that that's where, you know, I kind of need to be and, and what I want to do with my life. So um, I'm hoping I can still play for, for many more years here in the CFL, but uh, you know, whenever that time comes, I think that's where I want to end up going. That's awesome. Where is your favorite place to play? And you can't say Hamilton. Yeah. Um, let's see. Honestly, I, I love Vancouver um, playing in BC. That dome is a sweet stadium. Um, it's just a cool trip to go on, go out to. Um, if I'm going to stay in the East, honestly, I like playing in Toronto. Um, the grass field right there on the lake. It's cool rivalry, you know, with Hamilton and Toronto and, uh, um, and the Ticats fans travel well there. So, I mean, they travel well all over the East and even out, even out West, but, uh, it's different when we go over to, uh, go over to BMO. So. Well, Hamilton's got the Grey Cup this year, but BC has it next year. So hopefully there might be some back-to-back Hamilton Tiger Cat appearances in the Grey Cups here. So you yeah. can have both, right? Yeah, that would be perfect. <laughs> Sign me up. So, so outside of football, I mean, you mentioned the offseason. What are some of the things that you like to do to kind of reset your body and your mind? Yeah, honestly, I kind of step away from football for, you know, a month, month and a half uh, where I'm not even – thinking about watching film or doing anything like that, you know, you just kind of, kind of letting go traveling, seeing family. Um, I love playing golf. So I try and get out there as much as I can. Uh, you know, I coach quarterbacks in the off season. So um, being able to help, you know, the, the young middle schoolers and high schoolers kind of develop and not only, you know, football wise, but just how to lead and just how to be, you know, that good teammate, good person in the locker room around the football field. Uh, you know, I'm pretty passionate about and, uh, just trying to see family as much as I can and um, just relax, you know. Uh, it was a pleasure having you here today. Um, I really appreciate you taking the time to come on. Um, I know it's a little bit later in the evening for you, especially down in Dallas as well. But uh, yeah, I appreciate it. Uh, congratulations on the extension again. And I can't wait to see what you guys do both in Hamilton and you professionally as well in 2023. Uh, thanks a lot. I appreciate you having me on. That was our conversation with Hamilton Tiger Cats backup quarterback and really great person to talk to, Matthew Schultz. He was a little bit under the weather, but he still made the time to come on and have that chat, and we really, really appreciated him for doing that. We'll be back again next week where it is combine season, so we'll be chatting about all things combine leading up to the CFL draft. And again, don't forget, you can follow us on Instagram at Around the CFL Podcast. And brand new to the show, we are now on iHeartRadio, so you can find us there, as well as Apple, Amazon, Spotify, Google, Pandora, or anywhere else you get your podcasts from. And don't forget as well, if you're enjoying the show, please go ahead and give us a five-star review. Well, that is it for us this week, and we'll see you later.
Well, that is it for us this week. I'll be back again next week where our special guest will be the owner of the BC Lions, Amar Deman. You can also find us on Instagram as always at Around the CFL Podcast. And you can listen to us on Apple, Amazon, Spotify, Pandora, Google, or anywhere else you get your podcasts from. For Dave Naylor, I am Anthony, and we'll see you later.